Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this episode of the C3 Church Podcast. You're about to listen into a message from one of our gatherings. To find out more about our community, where we gather both in person and online, and how to get involved, head to cfreechurch.ca. Now, let's listen into a message from a recent service. My wife, Taylor, the lovely Taylor Elvram and myself, have been a part of C3 Church for just over four years now. It's been a... I was doing the math on it the other day. I was like, four years? What? That's wild. Um, So I want to give you a little background on how we got to where we are before we go any further. Um, My wife and I, Taylor and I, um, left the Lower Mainland in 2019, August 2019, threw everything we owned in the back of our Dodge Durango in a 26-foot U-Haul, and we drove to Vernon. Um, And I want to walk you through how we got here. And how we got here was in 2018, um, we felt God put on our hearts to move to Vernon. Um, And there was people in our world that were like, what, Vernon? Really? Vernon? Um, And we said, yeah, Vernon, we feel God's in that for us. And um, we prayed about it. So we felt God's calling, say, go to Vernon. We're like, hey, we're going to go to Vernon. Why, God? He said, go to Vernon. We're like, okay. We then prayed about it um, quite a lot. Um, And then we sought wise counsel. And um, after seeking wise counsel, our leadership was in agreement with that. Um, And then we, we felt a releasing and we felt a great peace over moving here, even though there was a lot of change that came with that. Um, so if you are looking for a roadmap to navigate large changes in your, mount, in your life, um, hear from God, pray about it, seek wise counsel, find releasing, and follow peace. That might be for somebody in this room. Might not be. Um, I get the absolute privilege and pleasure of speaking today, Um, and I do not take that as a a light thing, Um, and I just honor our pastors, Pastor Dave and Pastor Kim and Pastor Kimberly and Pastor Josiah. Um, I thank you guys for the the trust and the honor that it is to be up here, and we honor you guys, Um, so just thank you. It's awesome. I get the first week of Advent, that candle, the purple or blue one. I was like, do I get to actually light candles? And they're like, no. I'm like, dang it. I was definitely going to bring, I have a flamethrower torch for cooking that shoots a flame like. I would have melted the candle. It would have been awesome. Jeff would have been pumped. I saw his eyes. He was like, flamethrower. Yeah. It would have been great. Um, but I didn't get to light the candle of hope. They're like, we're going to do digital candles. I was like, that's less fun. <laughs> that's okay. Um, if you are of the note-taking nature, or you just need a one-stop catch-all phrase for you to remember this by, um, write down, Jesus, hope of the world then, hope of the world now. Okay. Jesus, hope of the world then, Hope of the world now. Thank you, Sean. Vines? Vines on screens. Yeah, you guys are awesome. <clears throat> How good is that? 
Um, Taylor already did such a great reading of this, but I just want to dig back into what we read earlier there um, in John. John 1, 1. I know I said six, guys. Just bear with me. John 1, 1. There it is. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. He created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought life to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. And in verse 6, it says, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and, and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for today. We thank you that you made today, Lord. We thank you that you've purposed it for your ways and your will. Pray that um, your Holy Spirit works through me, works through everybody in this room, Jesus. We worship you and we glorify you. Amen. All right, in John 1, 14 in there, God came to the world fully human. The word became human. Why was baby Jesus the hope of the world? How crazy is it that God said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to send a baby. We could send like Hercules style, you know, like Hercules. <laughs> yeah, like literally could be anything. And God was like, I got it. Baby Jesus. Get moving. And it just blows my mind. There is so many different ways. And he's like, no, no. Like in so many of God's ways, we're going to do what people least expect. Why was baby Jesus the hope of the world? Let's set the stage. Let's go to school. You guys like learning? Yeah. Let's learn a little bit of history. Um. But a land far away, long, long ago, approximately 700 years before Jesus was born, Israel was invaded by the Assyrians, then the Babylonians, and then the Persians, and then the Greeks. And then the Jewish rebels, some Jewish rebels, the Maccabees, took Israel back. And just as it seemed like things might get a little bit better, now they're rebels, they're not intentional, they're just like, we're taking it back. They didn't establish a kingdom. They just took control back. Um, the Romans conquered. Romans came in. Um, the Romans had a presence in the Mediterranean for about 230 years before Jesus was born. 
and control over Israel for about 60 years. Um, and God saw fit to send baby Jesus into that scenario. It's crazy. Um, Israel, for 700 plus years leading up to the birth of Jesus, was in turmoil. They were conquered and they were displaced. Um, the safety and security of knowing home was gone. I'll go out on a limb and hypothesize that even the most faithful, well-learned elders and rabbis um, were probably unsure if what had been foretold regarding the coming king, the coming savior, the coming of the Messiah, this means anointed, the anointed, who would deliver Israel from foreign bondage and restore Israel to its former glory was ever going to happen. They were without hope. Their home had been taken from them. Um, they were under foreign rule. Uh, the Romans worshipped different gods. Um, they had a whole different existence to what they had known. Um, and how was baby Jesus the hope of the world? Hmm. The people were expecting a warrior king, like that of King David who literally slayed giants, purged Israel of evil occupiers, and was a mighty warrior. They were expecting a wise ruler, like David's son Solomon. They had an expectation because what had come before. But what we do know is what had come before hadn't exactly worked out. Because man's line, his lineage, um, was not infallible. Um, David messed up. He may have been a mighty warrior, but he messed up. Solomon may have been infinitely wise in so many ways, but do you know how many wives he had? That was not wise. That was dumb. Even if it was culturally appropriate at the time, it was not a good scene. Um, so God decided to change it up, and the change-up came in the form of the baby. Why people were expecting. The people of Israel have been told for years and years of prophecies from prophets. Um, religious leaders who acted on behalf of God and heard from him. Um, they had been told prophecies of hope, um, but there were hundreds and hundreds of years from when they were told and when Jesus, between then and when Jesus was born. The people were defeated, downtrodden, and tired, and they're awaiting for freedom from their captors. Here's an example of some of the prophecies that were foretold. Let's get Bible. I got a new Bible to preach out of because my old one had really and it was really annoying to read out of. I would have been like this. Um, second Samuel verse, um, yeah, Second Samuel verse, um, or seven, twelve to thirteen. Where is it here? I know it's on the screens. <laughs> there it is. Um, For when you die and are buried with your ancestors, I will raise up one of your descendants your own offspring, and I will make his kingdom strong. He is the one who will build a house, a temple for my name, and I will secure his royal throne there forever. That was to David. Um, 
Isaiah 7, 14. Isaiah 7, 14. Where's the little 14? There it is. All right, then. The Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Micah. Micah 5, 2. But you, O Bethlehem, are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel whose origins are in the distant past will come from you on my behalf. There are so many more prophecies like that, like over 350 of them, that point to Jesus, hope of the world. And we could read them, but we'd be here all day. Jesus, hope of the world then, hope of the world now. So when Jesus was born, Herod, the Roman-appointed king of Judea, was aware of some of these prophecies, prophecies because of the wise men, the wise men who were seeking Jesus following the star. Um, they had run across King Herod. They'd actually gone to him trying to find when the new king was coming, and he said, what new king was coming? He didn't know. But he became aware that people were expecting something. He knew there was a chance that this foretold king of the Jews could raise hope, could rally the people. Even the enemy knows truth, or at least isn't foolish enough to think that it can't come true. Herod ordered that boys born in, around, in and around Bethlehem when Jesus was born to be killed. The Romans had ordered a census. A census was taken to understand how many men were available to fight and to understand how much tax should be coming in from any one region. Jesus' parents took him, fled to Egypt. They were counted in the census. They fulfilled the prophecy of Jesus being born in the line of David in Bethlehem to a virgin mother. They had escaped Herod and his quest to kill baby Jesus. Jesus, hope of the world then, hope of the world now, has survived. Um, why Jesus was hope then um, was that he came and he fulfilled these prophecies. What had been told, what had gone before him, written in the Old Testament long before, words spoken from God to his prophets, conveyed out to other people had been passed down. These stories have been passed down generation upon generation upon generation. And even in despair, their words were probably still being spoken of because that is what they clung to. The hope they clung to were stories passed down. It was like the longest game of telephone ever. 700-year-long game of telephone. And you know what the original message is? It's going to be okay. Because God's coming. Okay? Because Jesus is coming. Because Emmanuel's son with us is coming. So how is Jesus the hope of the world? Hmm. I have felt hopeless, and I have felt alone. I have felt adrift. I have felt far from God, void of Christian community, and the fellowship that comes with being in the church. 
And I've even turned my back on the church and on Jesus at one point or another in my life. Um, and I want to tell you a little bit about being away from the church and what brought me back to that. Um, when I was 16 years old, I had it out with my folks. Um, had a good old brouhaha. I broke my mom's heart. She was crying. She was upset. My dad was angry at me. If you've met my dad, you would not believe that it's possible for him to be angry. He's the kindest person. Um, and I said to my mom and dad, I don't want to go to church. <laughs> and they said, why? And I said, I want to sleep in. Real talk. I wanted to sleep in. I wanted to sleep in because I played football. Hey. You know. And I trained my butt off. I worked really hard to get myself into physical condition. I also had really garbage sleep habits. Um, so Lucas, Eli, listen to your mom. She wants you to be in church with her. And it's better to be in church than to sleep in. You can tell Ollie I said that, too. Yeah, you tell him that I've got word for him later, because he missed this one. Yeah, it could have been easier, and now it'll be harder. Yeah, cool. It's now an issue. Thank you. Listen to mom. Follow mom's heart. Follow mom's leading. Because she wants you here with her. Because she loves you guys. And she knows that this is where you should be. Okay? Okay. Good talks. Um, so my mom, my mom and dad just stopped fighting. They were like, okay, cool. Enough's enough. I'm not going to fight with you anymore. Take Sundays off, whatever. Mom said, come to church on Christmas and Easter. Said, cool. Hallmark holidays. Sounds good, mom was not a good move on my end. Um, I was alone, and I was lonely, and I was hurting. And I was alone, lonely, and hurting because I walked away from community. I walked away from Jesus. I walked away from people, and I put myself in a word of, world of hurt. I sought comfort in relationships um, and living it up, having a, quote-unquote, good time with my friends. Um, I then made my world even lonelier. Because I realized that the people that I sought comfort in um, were really negative people. And I was probably going to end up dead or somewhere close to that um, because of the lifestyles that they were choosing to live and the circles that I was getting dragged into. So I cut those people out of my life. Um, I sought out a counselor because I was pretty sure I was suffering for depression from depression. I was suffering from depression. Um, I believe seeking a counselor is an excellent thing to do. I think everybody should talk to somebody in some way, shape, or form. Um, that dude was not for me, though. He was so dry. It's like the most boring counselor ever. He's like, here's a prescription. I'm like, cool, man, thanks. This doesn't help. Like, I don't really, I have nothing against um, the thought process of being on antidepressants or anything like that, but I was just like, wow, you listened to me talk for half an hour and then you wrote a prescription. Like, this isn't my deal. Um, I had no community whatsoever. Literally, it was like me on an island. Um, my purpose at that point in life was being a hairdresser. Um, that wasn't fulfilling in any way, shape, or form because it was just being a hairdresser. There wasn't any 
additional substance to it. I was just cutting hair. Um, and one day, the only Christian hairdresser I knew, uh, as I was sitting outside Starbucks, literally sad as could be. I remember, I remember this interaction, just being like downtrodden, depressed, drinking. I think I was into like London fogs at that point in time. It wasn't, I wasn't even drinking coffee, guys. Like I had switched to tea. That's a low point for me. That's no offense to tea lovers. I think tea is great. I drink tea at night now because I'm 37. <laughs> it's caffeine free. Um, the only Christian hairdresser I knew pulled up and they yelled at me out the window, hey, what are you doing tonight? And I said, nothing. I have no friends. He said, come to church. And everything inside of me said, I don't want to come to church. And I just said, okay. <laughs> I said, where is it? And they said, Grace Community Church. Grace Community Church um, was a youth and young adult. And there was a service for youth and young adults that met there um, on Sunday evenings at like, was it five o'clock, six o'clock, seven? I don't know. It was in the evenings. <clears throat> um, and I went to Grace Community Church, and there was... There's probably about 100 people in the room. Um, and the music was fun and upbeat and lively. Um, and the pastor was young and dorky, kind of like Josiah. Um, he, thought he, was, he thought he was cool, but, you know. <clears throat> and my, my friend... Who this guy became a longtime friend and pastor for several years. Um, Simon taught this message. The first night back in church, he taught this. And it comes out of Matthew 14, 22 to 33. It's lengthy, so I'm going to read it off of this and not dig through that. Um, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and crossed the other side of the lake. Immediately after this, they had just fed the 5,000, to give some context to it. Um, they had fed about 5,000 people with some loaves of bread and some fish. Um, it was one of Jesus's marked miracles, where it was like, oh, God can provide, Jesus can provide all things? Yeah, Jesus can provide all things, in the form of fish and bread from a little boy. Um, where was this? Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. Well, he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up the hills by himself to pray. You know the only time Jesus went alone was to pray? To pray and to rest. Those were the times that Jesus sought time alone. If you feel like you need to be alone for any other reason, you're wrong. And you're wrong because Jesus said so. I'm going to hear about that one later on. That's okay. I needed to give him something. Um, night fell while... 
Hold on. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were troubled far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. Okay. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified in their fear. They cried out, it's a ghost. But then Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. This chapter in the Bible has always kind of spun me a little bit, not actually because he's walking on the water, because if you just read it like that, you're like, and so and so happened, and this and that, and there was a miracle, and wow, right? So hold on a second, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help Sean here. It's a ghost! <laughs> Jesus, don't be afraid, it's fine. Take courage, I'm here. Peter. God, if that's you, I want to walk on water. There's a, there's a storm. Sorry, guys. There's waves crashing. You know what I mean? Like, this is not like the monotone reading of the Bible. No, like, like Jesus is like, I'm here for you. Right? And the disciples are sitting here. They're scared because... They're not in, like, a crazy ocean-going vessel. They're just in a fishing boat. And they're getting shucked in the waves, and it's scary. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, God! He shouted. He immediately, he immediately reached out. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. Think about this, guys. Literally, less than 24 hours before this, I'm going to hypothesize 12 hours before this, they fed 5,000 people. Fish, bread, miracle, feed the thousands when you have little. And then a storm comes up, and Jesus walks on water, and Peter, it's always Peter. My, my brother's name is Peter. Um, but, like, Peter's just like, like I want to walk on water. What a cool face testament. He's just like, I'm going to walk on water. Boom, go, right? Um, and just for a split second, he takes his eyes off. Off God, off Jesus. I've been there. Um, my intention when I said to my mom and dad, Mom, Dad, I just want to sleep, was like three months of sleep-ins. That was my intention. My intention was not to leave church. My intention was not to leave church community. It was not to leave the presence of God. It was to not turn my back on Jesus. It wasn't to walk away from that lifestyle that I had been living, worshiping God, a Christian, following him. But the byproduct of being out of community was taking my eyes off of God. 
There's something very dangerous when you think you can go alone. Because you can't. I'm a, I'm a can-do person. I'm much more a fan of telling people what we can do than what we can't do. But what we can't do is be alone. Where is that? Hold on. It's just so good. He was terrified. There it is. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Um, in Proverbs, this is a fancy picture Bible with cool visuals for people with ADHD like me. In Proverbs 4, 25 to 27, but I'm going to read from 20, it says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else and determine its course for your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Step away from the corrupt speech. 25, look straight ahead and keep your eyes fixed on what lies before you. Make the straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. This is the weirdest visual. It's a foot. There are some really cool visuals in this book, and I was really hoping there would be one. You know, like a path on a rocky road or something like that. No, the visual was a foot. Um, keep your feet forward. Keep your eyes fixed on God. Don't wander off the path that he's set for you. Thanks for tuning in today. Each week, we gather in cities across our region and online to explore the truth of freedom available to all in the message of Jesus Christ. To find a gathering near you or to find out more, head to c3church.ca. Thank you.